Good morning, Church. Welcome to our service this evening, this morning. Well, we are now at the last a few verses of the book of Jude. And if you have been with us in SIB long enough, you will know that Jude verse 24 and 25 is my favorite verse. You know, in the days gone by, I used to end every sermon with this beautiful, beautiful doxology. Now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us before his throne, blameless and with exceeding great joy to God, our Jesus, our only Savior. So today, I get to share about this. You know, when you look at the book of Jude, it's a pretty frightening book because though it is small, punchy, it is full of warnings about losing your faith, about forces of darkness that's going to come, about false teachers, false prophets who's going to come and persuade us to give up our faith. But against all odds, Jude ends the whole book of Jude with this wonderful few verses. So turn with me now. I'm going to read Jude chapter, uh, it has no chapter, verse 20 to 25, just the last five verses. Are you ready? But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen indeed. You know, you need to know this bit about me. You know, when I first met Pastor Chu, and he's such a godly man, right? And I used to compare myself with him. And I thought about if there was a rapture were to come, I was sure I would be left behind because I felt that I would never make the grade. That was the seriousness of my personal condemnation or lack of assurance about my faith. But it is a very real fear. Do you know even Billy Graham, he said that if when he reaches heaven, the first thing he's going to say when he reaches heaven is this phrase, I have made it, I made it. In other words, even godly men like Billy Graham, they don't have this assumption that they will definitely qualify to stand in the presence of God. In the same way, very often, some of us, including me, we have to, I ask myself, what will give me the assurance that I can stand and finally reach heaven's doors and stand in His presence, accepted before the great white throne of God. It is verses like this in Jude 24 that gave me tremendous confidence that the God that we worship, the Jesus Christ that we base our faith on, is able, is able, is able to present us before the throne of God and not just appear before the throne of God, without losing our faith, but blameless and with exceeding great joy. What a great verse. And that is why today I'm going to share about God who is able. What is God able to do for us? He's able to do two things if you look at verse 24. 
Number one, he's able to keep us from falling away. He's able to help us keep our faith. He's able to make us stand firm in our faith against all the odds of false teachers, against the great apostasy that's about to come upon the earth, against persecution. God is able to help us keep our faith and that we will not lose our faith. That's the first thing God is able to do. The second thing, even more glorious, not only is He able to keep us from losing our faith, but He's able to present us before the throne of God, blameless. Can you imagine that? Blameless, without any fault, freed from accusation, freed from any fault, without a single fault, a bride, blameless, no spots, no blemish. Today, I had to put on a lot of makeup because a lot of blemishes on me. But can you imagine God is able to present me blameless without fault before His throne? And because of that, there's exceeding great joy, both on the part of God and on my part, that I get to reach heaven blameless, that is with exceeding great joy. The question therefore is, in why, why is it that God is able to do that? On what do we base this great faith of God in? Three things. Firstly, we have a God who loves us exceedingly. I would call it the power of God's love. Secondly, it's really about Jesus, the perfected work of Jesus Christ who makes it possible. And thirdly, it's actually about the presence of the Holy Spirit, the deposit guaranteeing us of our future inheritance. But let us first look at this thing called the power of God's love. You know, we love singing that song, right? Hold me close by the power of your love. What does the power of God's love mean? What does God's love mean to us? We need to know this. It is the will of God. When God brought us to Himself, when He came to us and began to share to us and reveal to us the plan of His salvation, it is not so that we wouldn't make it. In fact, the will of God is that we will make it. And that is why Jude starts off his, um, his whole book by saying, Loved by the Father, to you who have been called, verse 1, loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. In other words, it's God's will that He will keep us from falling. That is why John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave us His only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in Him shall not perish. It is not God's desire that we come to know Him and that we lose our faith. No, it is the will of God that we will not lose our faith. We will not perish, but we will have eternal life. Come on, tell someone next to you, that is the will of God for my life, that I will make it. Amen? And not only why is it that God is, wants us to make it, because it's about His faithfulness. I love this verse. You know, I don't know about you. But when I read the Bible, I look for verses like this. So I remembered at one time when I was struggling, Lord, will I make it? Will I be able to stand in your presence? Will I make it to heaven? Will, or will I lose my faith? Or will I fail so miserably? And I saw this beautiful verse in 1 Corinthians. Turn with me, have a look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'll read verse 8 and verse 9. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless. Again, blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who will keep us blameless. God, the love of God is not just of emotion, it, it's just a will, it is His will to keep us going. 
but also his love is about faithfulness. Faithful to the very end. It's a covenantal love. God is faithful. For he who has called us into fellowship with his son is faithful to keep us until the very end. Which is why Philippians 1, 6 says, He who began a good work in you will keep us, bring it to pass. All right? He who, uh, yes, he who, sorry, let me read it. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. The work of salvation that God started in us, God will bring it to completion. It won't be a half-hearted work. And that is why God is constantly urging us to draw near to Him so that He can talk to us. He wills us to want to reach and finish the race. Above all, the love of God is filled with joy. It is like the, you know, the story of the prodigal son. The father every day waits to see his prodigal son come home to him. Why? Because the joy of the father is to see his son come home. That too is God's joy for us. That is why Jude talks about now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us before his throne blameless and with exceeding great joy. So the joy of God our Father is to see us all come home full of faith, blameless. Do you know I love this verse in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, chapter 12 verse 2. Looking only unto Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of the faith, who for the joy set before him. What was the joy of Jesus Christ when he went to the cross, when he despised the shame, when he came against all the opposition of sinful men? What kept Jesus going? The joy of our salvation. So brothers and sisters, why am I confident that God will be able to make, keep us from falling? Because it is his will because it is His faithful love, a love that is totally committed to us, a covenantal love that will never, never stop, no matter what happens, and because this gives Him joy. Just like, you know, parents are so joyful when all their children come home for reunion dinner. Our Father in heaven is even more joyful when we reach heaven's doors and He welcomes us and says, Welcome home, son. Well done. Well done. Amen? So the first reason why I'm confident God wants to keep me from falling is because of who He is, His perfect love. But the second reason is being made possible by the work of Jesus Christ. What is it that Jesus has done that qualifies us to stand before His presence blameless? Now, I want to explain a bit about the word blameless. The word blameless is not sinless. None of us are sinless. But I'll tell you what the word blameless means. It means that there is no record of sin against us. There is no accounting of sin to our records. Now, this is how we, un we will understand it. In other words, blameless means there's avenue for us, if we sin, to confess our sin. And when we confess our sin, the work of Jesus Christ is able to be applied to us. So 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, the blood of Jesus Christ, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross cleanses us from all sins. And God is faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what does it mean to be blameless? That means there's room for us to confess our sins. And when we confess our sins, our sins are forgiven, cleansed. The second thing is this. When our sins are forgiven, God does not keep an account of our sins. 
The best way to understand this is Psalm 32. Turn with me. Psalm 32, verse 1 and verse 2. It's a powerful psalm, and it says here, Blessed is the man, all right, whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him. So what does it mean to be blameless? That means there is no accounting or record of our sins. That is what it means to be blameless. How is that made possible? How is that made possible? By the work of Jesus Christ. Now, look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians, the book of Colossians, Paul tells us about this, that when Jesus brought us to himself and reconciled us back to God, he says this, Yet now he has reconciled us to himself through the death of Christ. As a result, he has brought us into his own presence, holy and blameless, and we stand before him without a single fault. Now, how does Jesus make it possible to stand before God without a single fault? 1 John chapter 2. There are two words given about, about what Jesus has done. One of it is he is an advocate. The second, he has made atonement. So let me read the verse first and let me then describe what Jesus has done on the cross for us. 1 John chapter 2. Turn with me to your Bibles. It's a powerful verse. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. You know, it's not easy to stand blameless before God. Something must happen. We cannot just stand before God and say, God, I'm blameless, I'm blameless. In fact, it's impossible. Something must be done to remove sin from our account. How does that happen? And the word is called atonement. Do you know on September the 16th recently, Malaysia is so blessed. It's Malaysia Day, right? But it's also Yom Kippur. Very seldom in the history of Malaysia that Malaysia Day is the same day as Yom Kippur. What is Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. And on the Day of Atonement, the high priest in the nation of Israel, before Jesus came and even up to now, they would enter the Holy of Holies and they would prepare themselves and come in with the blood of bulls and, and the blood of, of, of goats. And they would then plead before God for their sins to be forgiven. The high priest's sins has to be forgiven first. And then after he has done that, he then goes out to the people and again apply the blood of the goats and ask for the forgiveness of the sins of the people. But remember, this was every year he has to do this. But Jesus, when he came, what did he do? He went into the most holy place that now I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 9. What did he do? Not with the blood of bulls and goats. Now turn with me now to Hebrews chapter 9. What does it mean? Jesus made atonement for our sins. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Jesus came. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place by his, from his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. Now, why is that important? Verse 13. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer only ceremonially sanctified them, so that the children of Israel are only outwardly clean. In other words, the blood of the bulls, the goats, in the tabernacle, in the temple, in Jerusalem, can only cleanse 
the people outwardly, but inside their conscience was still stained. Their, it would still, their conscience told them they were still sinners. But what did Jesus do? Now look at Hebrews 9 verse 14. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is now the mediator of a new covenant. Now what is this new covenant? Chapter 10, this is the new covenant I will make with them. Verse 16, after that, I'll put my laws in their hearts, I'll write it on their minds. Verse 17, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. So what is that day of atonement? What did Jesus do on the cross once and for all? The perfect Lamb of God. What did the blood of Jesus Christ do for us? Not only did He satisfy the wrath of God, by paying the full debt of sin and allowing our sins to be forgiven. But he also cleansed our conscience. So firstly, he satisfies the wrath of God. The debt of sin is paid. Telatestai, fully paid. No account, account settled. Secondly, our conscience. Our conscience still condemns us. He removed, he cleansed even our conscience from guilty acts. Do you know, on Yom Kippur this year, when I went into the firewall and started that morning with prayer, I read this verse. Your sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. Do you know something? Even I can remember my sins. My friends can remember my sins. My husband certainly can remember my sins. But when Jesus died for us, when you and I became a Christian, as far as God is concerned, our sins, He remembers no more. Our conscience has been cleansed. That's why we can come before the throne of God. Hebrews says, with confidence, having our hearts cleansed from a guilty conscience. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So before the Lord, we are set free. Our conscience is cleansed. Though our sins be as scarlet, they're as white as snow. But you know what? Not only did Jesus cleanse our conscience and really set us free and even has given us a clean slate, so to speak, right? No sins taken into account. When we stand in the presence of God, the accuser, now remember that we still have an accuser that will accuse us of our sins. That is when the next job or the work of Jesus Christ kicks in, the advocate. Not only did Jesus, when he died on the cross, atone for our sins to satisfy God's wrath, to cleanse our conscience. He also became the advocate. So when the devil accuses us before the throne of God, this is what happens. But God the Father begins to say, sin forgiven, sinner justified, no case, no accusation. Now is the victory. Praise the Lord. No wonder Paul the Apostle says, if God before you, if God the righteous judge says, sin forgiven, case closed, sinner justified. If God justifies, who can condemn? If God is for us, who can condemn us before God? That is why we can come into His presence blameless without a single fault. Isn't God amazing? No wonder Jude ends and says, listen, God is able to keep us from falling and to present us before His throne blameless without a single fault because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, the great advocate who allows the mercy of God to triumph over judgment. But not only that, 
as we go through life, the Holy Spirit has been giving to us. Do you know one of the greatest wonderful things about the Christian faith is this. Not only has God justified us through Jesus Christ, but until we reach heaven, he gives us the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, to be our perfect companion. The presence of the Holy Spirit, you know, he comes to us and the first thing he does, he says, no condemnation. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, way back in 1984, you know, I was still that kind of Christian, full of condemnation, full of lacking an assurance. But that is when the Lord began to say to me, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life, the law of the Holy Spirit takes over. And so what does the Holy Spirit do? He now comes and frees us from the law of sin. How does he do that? He allows us to have the mind of the Spirit. He, you know, the Bible says, Romans 8 verse 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So what does the Holy Spirit have? Not only does He free us from guilt and condemnation, He leads us. He leads us. He teaches us to yield to Him so that we no longer follow our flesh. We no longer follow a mindset that is hostile to God. We follow the Holy Spirit. He leads us. And as He leads us, He empowers us. You know, I shall never forget this. There, was a, there is a friend of mine, she's still my friend, in uh, Sabah. And you know, she went through a very difficult marriage. Her husband committed adultery, not just once, but almost a serial adulterer, if you know what's a serial adulterer, after one adultery to the next. But do you know something? She was filled with the Holy Spirit. She was empowered by the Holy Spirit. She never kept bitterness in. As we prayed with her, she constantly yielded. The Holy Spirit would lure her into the love of God and the Holy Spirit would just allow the love of God to flood into her. So she didn't become bitter. She didn't allow bitterness to occupy her. Instead, you know, we would pray with her. And she prayed for her husband for 18 years. I had left Sabah. One day, 18 years later, she called me up and said, you know what? She said, my husband has come back to us and come back to the Lord. Today, they're serving the Lord full on in Sabah. What happened? The Holy Spirit enabled her to keep having a spirit of no bitterness, a spirit of love and forgiveness for husband. That is what is so wonderful. Why is God able to present us faultless before the throne of God? And not only faultless, but more than a conqueror, blameless and with exceeding great joy, conquering through all these impossibilities. Because the Holy Spirit is able to really empower us. Ephesians says that when you become a believer, the Spirit that's at work within you is the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So it, even though, as in the book of Jude, there'll be persecutions, there'll be people coming against us, but the power of the Spirit enables us to overcome persecution, overcome disturbances, overcome odds that are against us. You know, just very, very recently, I think it's only last week, I had the blessedness of hearing Pastor Teo, my good, good friend, who's on the firewall core team with me. And she shared how she became a believer very young at about age of 16 in a very, very non-Christian home. In fact, it was a home that was full of idolatry and the mother would go to the temple and chant and, and everyone in her family was not a believer. But when she became a believer, 
she was so filled with this love of God. And suddenly she was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. She would pray in tongues, she said. Every night she would go home. And from 12 to 3, she would just pray in tongues and she would just love the Lord. And the love of God just flooded her. And as a result of that, there was one night when she was praying and the Lord began to show her, hey, even though your family is against you, actually they need the Savior. They need this love that you have. And the Holy Spirit showed her that her mother was in chains. And she was wondering what changed because the mother had bound herself to some kind of witchcraft. But do you know something? Then the Holy Spirit began to come into her and she said, I began to pray in a different form of tongues. It was as if I went into warfare for my mother. And I prayed in warfare tongues for us, us, us. I don't know how long, she said. But I prayed and I prayed and I prayed until suddenly I suddenly felt the chains from my mother had fallen. And the Holy Spirit says, enough, it's done. Do you know her mother? accepted the Lord Jesus Christ soon after that. Wow! Not only that, she told us the next thing that happened was this. She had a sister, and her sister had seven children. I know it's a lot of kids, yeah. And after her seventh child, she had bleeding that was like the woman with the issue of blood. It just wouldn't stop. Again, she began to say, wow, I'm so blessed. There's a power of the Holy Spirit in me. And so she began to pray for her sister. And as she prayed for her sister, she didn't even know what happened until one day, the sister came and told her this dream that the sister had. One night, the sister was, as she was lying down, she had a dream. And the dream, she saw a figure coming towards her, dressed in white. And she said, who is that? Uh, I, I don't know you. And the man in white says, I am your sister's God. And I've come to answer her prayer. You will be healed. Do you know she woke up and the whole issue of blood completely stopped? Isn't that amazing? So, gosh, God is truly able not only to save us from falling and to present us blameless. He's able to make, go, help us to become more than a conqueror. In fact, Pastor Tio's story is just so amazing because she tells us that soon after that, when she went to Batu Pahat, and she says Batu Pahat in that small, tiny area had 400 temples. But in the next few years, I think in the next 10 years or so, or 20 years, I don't know, 10 years or so, she planted 20 churches in Batu Pahat. It's as if the whole story of the goodness of God came to that whole town. Isn't God amazing? You know, when I think about all this, you and I don't have to keep every day worrying whether we will keep our faith. We only need to do these things as what Jude says. Turn with me now, back to the book of Jude. That's why Jude tells these believers, he says, listen, I may tell you all the bad news about the false prophets, about the scoffers, about the men who's going to come and confuse you and try to take away your faith. Actually, he says to them in verse 20, my dear friends, don't worry. Just keep building yourselves up in the most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit, like Pastor Teo, pray in the Holy Spirit. Not only will you have faith, not only will you have no more bitterness, not only will you have victory, you even be able to snatch others out of the fire, like Pastor Teo. And then it says, keep yourselves in the love of God and wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, brothers and sisters, rise up with me. And let's declare this doxology now to him. Come on, everybody, come on, let's all stand. Let's all stand. And let's raise our hands to heaven and say, Now to him, our wonderful God, who is able to keep me, to keep us from falling, from stumbling away, from losing our faith, 
and to present us before His great white throne, blameless, without a single fault, and with exceeding great joy. To Him, God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority, both now and forevermore. Amen, amen, amen. What a wonderful Savior we have. What a beautiful Savior we have. Let's shout hallelujah. Father, Lord, thank you. We have a great salvation. No one, no one can snatch us out of the Father's hands. So, Lord, we want to keep ourselves in the love of God our Father, who for the joy and the Lord Jesus Christ, who for the joy set before Him, endured the cross, despised its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God, interceding for us, and even giving us a seal of our adoption, the promised Holy Spirit. To Him be all glory, power, dominion, and praise. Amen. Join with me in singing this wonderful worship song, what a beautiful name. It is the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's a wonderful day indeed. But you know what? I want to address two groups of people. Some of you out there, you may still never have heard of a wonderful salvation such as this. A God who loves us with so much determination that He would send His Son to be the perfect sacrifice that not only would your sins be forgiven, but your conscience is cleansed. Do you know when I was not yet a Christian, I was a Buddhist, and every day I felt accusations. Every time I did something wrong, I would feel so condemned. But when I became a Christian, and I realized, though my sins be as scarlet, it shall become as white as snow. And when I realized, God does not hold my sins against me and does not treat me as my sins deserve, Honestly, from that day that I became a believer, I have gained greater and greater and greater assurance. We have a great God in heaven who loves us and wants us to be set free from sin. Not only forgiven, set free from guilt and shame. So if you have never become a believer, you don't know who Jesus is, please come to the, our, our chat room afterwards. Come into our online prayer rooms. There'll be someone who shares with you. They will share with you that story of what Jesus has done for them. And I pray that today, like Pastor Tio's mother, your chains will fall down. Like my friend, all the bitterness will go because God is a good God and He will give you a new spirit and a new life to live again. And for those of you, the second group, who are struggling with sin and shame, listen, do not listen to the voice of the devil who is accusing you. Come into the chat rooms. Begin to say, Lord, yes, I've sinned. And the blood of Jesus Christ is able to cleanse you from every guilt and sin. And that's how we keep short accounts with God. So brothers and sisters, it's a wonderful day. Come in whatever the reason you have. And in the chat room, we will come and pray for you. And God is good. And for the rest of us, rejoice. Go out there, rejoice. Keep yourselves in the love of Christ. Keep praying in the Holy Spirit, who's going to lead us to even snatch others out of the fire. And give thanks to God our Father for the wonderful work of Jesus Christ. So see you again. Perhaps back in church, all right? I hope that we will go back to physical church soon. So God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you. Amen.